College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action, so here's what you gotta do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 years or older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Who's in? Who's out? We're about to talk about it. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, our partners in Possible. Thank you all so much for coming and hanging out with us today on a roster's Miss Eve, a 53-man Eve. I don't know what to call it, but uh, we appreciate you all coming to right. talk about the roster construction of your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Kent Swanson. I'm here with Maddie Lane and Craig Stout. Matthew! Thank you for staying silent during the intro. That's all I I just appreciate that. <laughs> you guys don't understand how hard that was. I had to take my <laughs> mic completely away from my mouth. Um, it's it's throwing off the entire feng shui. I'm gonna need a good two and a half quarters to get to get into the flow today. We're changing stuff up. This is what the preseason is for, and you know, we just dropped it now when the regular season's starting, Craig. So I'm gonna need you to carry us for the first uh twenty two minutes of the show. Hop on my shoulders, fellas. I got you today. Um say less. I believe I believe the word you're looking to for is 52-man roster, because tomorrow is the 53-man roster. So the eve of that would be... Okay, maybe I'm not carrying us, you guys. Maybe maybe I'll just take... <laughs> no, I don't think that's how that works. Uh, I, <laughs> if anyone would know, it's Craig. Thank you, though, to everyone that is hanging out with us. We're going to talk about some of those players on the bubble for the Chiefs 53 man roster. We're not doing a full reveal of a of a prediction. I mean, there's there's so many variables that could take place, but we do know that there's a lot of players with you know with uh that are potentially on the bubble, might be trade candidates, might have some value to a different team. Uh there's all kinds of different things to discuss here about this. We're going to have a little fun because you guys have heard us talk about every single player we're about to talk about today. But we thought we'd mix it up a little bit and play with a little a little game. Um, I'll let Matthew Lane kind of explain how we're going to be talking about some of these players today. Oh, I get to be in charge. All right, so this is a it's a fun little game I here. That I can leave, and you can do it. Um, this is going to be a fun little game here that we're going to play. We're going to go through, I guess, roughly three different players that I think are kind of competing for the same roster spot. They don't know exactly play the same position, but it's going to be hard to keep multiple players, I think, from each one of these groups, right? 
And so I'm going to make you guys choose out of the guys that are coming through out of this particular, this grouping. And you're going to have to tell me, are they making the 53-man roster? Are they going to be cut? Or should the Chiefs try to trade them? And I just, we were going with trying to trade because just saying cut two guys isn't fun. And that's what essentially trying to put someone on the practice squad is. So you're going to have to tell me if you're going to try to trade one of these guys, okay? Now, you guys know all the players we're talking about because I told you guys before the show. I get a wild card one right off the top that I, that I held back. I kept one in the holster that I'm going to make you guys play on your feet. Here Definitely. it is. This is the wildest of wild cards. These guys all play different positions. Okay. Amir Smith-Marset, Shane Buchel, Danny Shelton. You have to keep one Ooh. on the roster. You have to cut one, and you have to try to trade one. I love this, by the way. This is <laughs> great. Right. Am I going to go first? Kit, you want first crack at this? No, you can go. Okay. Um, I think the easiest one for me is to trade Shane Buchel. I think he probably has the most value of any of these guys. I, you know, listen, the Arizona Cardinals, they need a quarterback, literally any quarterback to play week one for them with Kyler Murray being on the pup, them kind of cutting some guys. I, they're down to Josh Dobbs, who they traded for this week. Like it, it's not a good situation for that organization. I would call around, see if I could trade Shane Buchel. I think he gets the most in return. And then I'm going to cut Amir Smith-Marset. It hurts me to do so, but I think that he's probably the guy that this team can absorb the absence of the most just with their wide receiver room. And then Danny Shelton is my guy that I'm keeping for sure. I think that's this is a I think that's a very interesting phrase that you just used the the easiest guy to absorb the loss of, and I think that describes Amir Smith Marset the most. Um, and like I know a lot of people are 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 uh, clamoring for him to make the roster and let's move on from Justin Watson. I think it's going to be tricky for this team to do that. Um, I'll let Maddie explain because like, I know Maddie's had some thoughts on on the Justin Watson and why the logic behind why Justin Watson is probably going to make it over Amir Smith Marset. But I will say, in in the spirit of this game, that's why I look to trade Amir Smith Marset. I think he's the easiest one to avoid uh, to absorb. I would actually cut Bouchelle and try to bring him back on the practice squad, and then I'm I'm rostering Danny Shelton. But Amir Smith Marset is probably one of the most fascinating names on this of the roster construction that we're looking at to this point, Maddie. And I know there's a lot of people are saying just simply get rid of Justin Watson, uh, and and you know figure that out and keep Amir Smith Marset. But can you just talk a little bit because like I know you've had some strong opinions. You've tweeted some stuff out about Justin Watson in the case for keeping Justin Watson over Amir Smith Marset. Right. So, well, I mean, I want to start with Amir, Amir Smith Marseille here. Like, yeah, he had a phenomenal preseason. He was absolutely mm-hmm. great. But you have to also take a step back and realize it's the preseason. He was playing with the twos and the threes against a lot of twos and the threes. That doesn't take away from the great preseason they had. He 100% deserves a chance to make a roster. I think most other years, with his ability to play on special teams and his willingness to do so for the Chiefs, that he probably would have made this roster as one of their last wide receivers. Mm-hmm. This just isn't the year. This is the year they just happen to have a bunch of depth, so much depth that everyone thinks they're keeping seven wide receivers without including him. It's just very unfortunate for him and the Chiefs because I think he will find his way on a roster. So I do understand where you're coming from with trying to trade him and see what you can recoup back. At the end of the day, I agree with Craig. You trade Michelle, you keep Danny Shelton, you probably have to cut ISM because wide receivers are easier to find. But why ISM, I think, has to be will not make the roster over Justin Watson. 
Justin Watson isn't a Dave Tobe guy. We Everyone jokes around about him being a Dave Tobe special teamer. He didn't really play that many special teams reps. And especially when you weed out the ones that were just him being a punt returner because Sky Moore was fumbling a lot of them, he really didn't play that many special teams reps. He was on this team to play wide receiver because Andy Reid, because Matt Nagy, because Eric Bieniemy last year, these guys wanted him out there for various reasons. Reason one, they trust him. And Patrick Mahomes trusts him. He's talked about it. He trusts him. He thinks he's going to be in the right spot. He knows he's going to run the routes. He right the right way. He knows he's going to know the plays. More importantly, he can block. He blocks his ass off. And that matters for this team. When this team's sitting here talking about only keeping three tight ends slash fullbacks, and we're going to get into that here in a little bit, but when you're talking about that, you better have some wide receivers that can block. Sky Moore isn't going to fit up a linebacker or a crashing Derwin James. Rasheed Rice is, I think, a willing blocker, but I don't know if you're ready to rely on him. Justin Ross doesn't want to go fit up a linebacker or a safety. MVS is your only other guy that's kind of shown the ability to be a plus blocker. Justin Watson's really good at it. Think back to how many times we watched Juju Smith-Schuster or MVS or Justin Watson chip a defensive end or go light up a linebacker so that a run game could work. He's got a spot based on that, I think, entirely. Just that right there, his ability to do a little bit of everything, but also be a plus player in the run game. I think I, I think there's an argument to be made, and like I think you have to look at the 53-man roster. Is It's not talent collection as much as it is roster building. And Amir Smith-Marset has flashed some talent. That is undeniable. Uh, and you've seen him do some things very specifically very well down the field. I mean, the man averaged 20 yards per catch in the preseason. Nine catches, 192 yards, and two touchdowns. Granted, yes, it was later in the game. but And I one other thing, you didn't see Amir Smith Marset. I don't think with the ones at all. I don't think he got. Did he get any? Did he get any reps? No, so. I don't. Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he was even in with like the first round of twos for the so wide receiver group. You're looking. You're getting a look at. You know, the games are a look at what, how small of a fraction of training camp, too. So if he's not getting opportunities with the ones, like that's that's something you have to you have to question there too. You, Craig, it looked like you had something else to say. Yeah, I just want to, the the conversation about special teams, specifically about Justin Watson last year, Maddie's absolutely correct. Played 15% of the special team snaps were available to him in Kansas City. And Dave Tobe obviously didn't, that includes those returns that they did not necessarily want to go. It was also his highest usage on offense ever. His previous time in Tampa Bay, which new special teams coach, this could just be Dave Tobe doesn't want him on special teams, whatever the case previous time in Tampa Bay it was 58% of the special team snaps 58% of the special team snaps 54% and then 70% those were his special team snap reps in Tampa Bay now granted the 70% was a very reduced season for him so that was just the ones that he was available for but he did play about half the snaps on special teams for Tampa Bay while he was there so that's what the special team's attachment is, at least. It remains to be seen if Dave Tobe is ever going to use him that way. Again. Sure. No, and he definitely can, and that's a bonus. Like, right, that's like just an extra feather in the cap, but that's not why he was on the team last year. That's certainly why it wasn't why he was playing 50% of the offensive snaps either, right? <laughs> that's an Andy Reid choice. So, yeah, I, I think it was good to parlay some ISM talk into Justin Watson because I know that's going to be a hot-button topic. I think tomorrow when this comes out and Justin Watson on the team, there's going to be a, a lot of people that are upset that they let an ISM go or let any, you know, pick your favorite player go to keep Justin Watson. But I, I think you got to remember, 
The Chiefs are keeping less big bodies this year, and this is a team that was the most efficient offense in the entire NFL out of heavy personnel. They might not be able to be in 13 personnel with three tight ends as frequently this year as they want. Having a guy like Watson who can kind of bridge that gap, who can play as that big wide receiver to go down and block guys and get do the dirty stuff really will help. I want to, I want to jump in one more thing because I don't think we're going to be talking much about wide receivers after this point. So I do want to make one other comment. So the Chiefs are, by all indications, it seems like they're keeping seven wide receivers and something unless something wild happens. And it seems like by like even you hear the James Palmer you know lines today talking about the third name that 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 uh, James Palmer brought up in his comments about you know the absence of Kadarius Tony was actually Justin Ross. He had 15 seconds about what Justin Ross and the excitement around him and you know the fact that you know the um, you know the training staff feels good about what they've been able to do with him and he's had a good camp. I want to say this about Justin Ross. Um. Because, you know, I I want people to realize this this was an uphill battle for him in a lot of ways to make this roster. And he did the hard part. He he went he he achieved the hard part. He stayed healthy. He went through an entire camp. He, you know, pushed through. I don't know what his special teams outlook is eventually gonna be, but it doesn't matter. His talent at the receiver position shone through. The reason that at one point in his life, he was a bona fide top 15 type prospect. The reason even even playing injured, we put a third round grade on him in the KCSN draft guide a couple years ago because he's just he's that kind of talent. It's a huge credit to him. I'm really happy for him that he's getting this opportunity to do this. And I'm happy for the Chiefs, too, because he did the hard part. He got through the hard part and in a year where you have two different receivers going through injury issues. One literally can't get through, can't even get through the start of the first practice. And Justin Ross has an injury scare, works through it, performs at a high level throughout the entirety of the preseason. That is a huge credit to that kid. And I'm so excited that he gets to catch passes from Patrick LeVon Mahomes. And I hope he goes out and continues to do what he's done in the preseason because that is a valuable skill set. I hope people are getting rossed left and right this season. I hope to see him on the active roster. I hope he makes some plays. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mixing things up with the roster construction discourse today. We're playing cut, keep, or trade, and Maddie Lane has presented us a bunch of scenarios, and he is running the show. Matthew, what's next? So we started off by keeping Danny Shelton. Um, it was a two-to-one vote, so we traded Shane Buchel, and we cut Amir Smith-Marset. That was the wild card one. That was the 53rd spot, so to speak, for the roster. That's what they had in common. Really, Danny Shelton's not 53rd. Just I couldn't put Keanu Cooper on here because they drafted Hey, and Shane Bouchel's probably making the roster too for being yeah, a. We're just nope, having we're we traded him. an exercise. We traded him. So <laughs> up next, this is the fourth running back versus fourth tight end debate. It is Daenerys Prince versus LaMichael Pirine versus Matt Bushman. Kent, you have to keep one, you have to cut one, and you have to trade one of these fellas. Uh, okay, so I'm going to cut Matt Bushman. I am going to look to trade Daenerys Prince, and I'm keeping Lamichael Pirine. Uh, I think that's I think that's what I'm trying to do. I think Lamichael Pirines are in this opportunity. I think, I'm, and I'll I'll be honest. With, I don't think I don't think Daenerys Prince is making the 53 men roster in real life in a real scenario. And I think he's going to be winding up on the practice squad because I don't think he's going to get claimed by anybody either. I'm going to keep LaMichael P. Ryan over him, and I think I'm just cutting Matt Bushman because I think I still think Daniel Prince has more value than Matt, Matt Bushman does at this point. I like what we've seen out of Matt Bushman over the past two preseasons, but I don't know that he's going to contribute enough to claim a tight end four position on this team. I think I think this team was more than willing to keep it keep four tight ends with Jody Fortson on the roster they've invested enough in him I think he can stand up to a block as an inline blocker is obviously a red zone threat I like Matt Bushman a lot I just don't think he factors in the same way that a guy like LaMichael Pirine does in this offense so I'm keeping LaMichael Pirine I am cutting Matt Bushman I am hoping that there's a team out there throughout all of that conversation that the Chiefs had during you know preseason during training camp saying this guy's a hell of a kick returner. He's got all this crazy burst and everything. That there's some GM out there that is interested. I have no idea if Daenerys Prince could catch a pick because, frankly, no running backs are catching picks, you know, <laughs> in this offseason. So it's near impossible to trade a running back, especially one that was a UDFA. But you call, 
you try and find out. But in reality, I think he's probably, I'm with Kim. I think he probably ends back up on the practice squad. Yeah. So I'm starting with Daenerys Prince here. I think he had every opportunity to take this preseason and run with it and Absolutely. like really earn a spot and probably earn reps. And based on some of the hype we heard early on, it sounded like he was on his way there. And I don't want to say he fell flat or anything like that. It just seemed like it took him once, you know, they got to NFL speed. Once the preseason game started, it didn't look to me like he was jumping off the way he must have been at training camp and during some of these practices. So I think a year on a practice squad might help him. The thing is, though, like you guys said, I don't see a 27-year-old tight end who hasn't played a down in the NFL and Matt Bushman really fetching much in the trade market. He's probably the guy you have to cut here. I'm also with you guys. I am keeping LaMichael P. Ryan. I think this team is trying to decide between a fourth running back and a fourth tight end with the uncertainty of what you're going to get from Claudio and Zilaire from a health perspective. Jarek McKinnon has been hurt and in the past and is an older player. Isaiah Pacheco dealing with a shoulder injury. I'll keep the extra body at running back, go lighter at tight end, keep LaMichael P. Ryan, try to trade Daenerys Prince if I'm having to trade him. I'm with Craig. You're probably not going to get a lot for an undrafted free agent running back who didn't have the greatest preseason, but I think you're probably going to fetch more out of that body type than you would a Matt Bushman. I also think we're going to get some questions, so I'm going to lob this back up to you guys. Would you guys keep Matt Bushman over Blake Bell, or would you keep Blake Bell over Matt Bushman? Mm. All right, so on the initial 53, I'd cut Blake Bell and potentially re-sign him if there are I um uh, if there are 53 man roster spots available because that does seem like a wink wink nod nod type guy that they can do that with he's very Especially since he's not subject to waivers yeah well that's the whole point if you're not subject to waivers you're a veteran you can get cut and then you can get re-signed immediately the chiefs said that they were going to do that with Elijah Lee last year and I don't think they ever actually did Wait. um but Blake Bell's really, I mean, Blake Bell has good relationships with a lot of people in the building, including the quarterback. So uh, that certainly will help the dynamic there. I think if you have to keep one, you keep Bushman because you can easily bring him back on the initial 53 with Blake Bell because of that. So <laughs> I don't have anything. I don't have anything more about um, that Bushman talk. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. I mean, here's my case for keeping Blake Bell. You got rid of a fullback. You need a lead blocker. Matt Bushman ain't your lead blocker. I think it's that simple. Noah Gray, I like blocking in space. He ain't a lead blocker. If you're ever going to go two backs, Blake Bell's the guy you're going to do it. I know we're all hating the tight end QB sneak. It's the design of the play. It's not the cons. It's not using Blake Bell as a QB sneaker. It's the design of trying to motion him in, catch a defender off cadence, try to do it all funky. Blake Bell's still your best QB sneak guy. He's 250 plus pounds. Like, why do you want to just completely remove that from the offense? Again, I know it didn't work one time this preseason, but it's a play that's worked for them, and he's the guy that does it. He does it better than Noah Gray does when he has to do it. Blake Bell's role might be very narrow, but it's a role they need. They need an inline blocker. That's Blake Bell. They need a guy who can be a lead blocker. That's Blake Bell. And if you want to keep that QB sneak potential, that's Blake Bell. Matt Bushman might be better at other things, but he would still be your third best tight end at all those things behind Gray and Kelsey. So that's where I go with Blake Bell over uh, over Matt Bushman. Ready to move next, on? Yeah, let's go, Matthew. What oh, you got let's next? go. That was the that was the battle of the four running back, fourth running back versus fourth tight end. We are now onto the offensive line. Realistically, the Chiefs can probably keep two of these guys, but that's not in the spirit of this game. So you guys have to keep one of these guys. You have to trade one and you have to cut one. We got Prince Tigo Onogo. We got Lucas Niang. And big Mike Caliendo, one of these men must be traded, one must be cut, and one must stay. 
background info. We are going to assume Wanya Morris and Nick Allegretti are also kept on this team. So you have one okay. backup interior offensive lineman, one backup tackle. All right. Uh, do you want to go first, Craig, or you want me to take it? Yeah, I can go first on this one. Since right. I went first on the last one. No, I, I, I like that you, uh, they, you extended that caveat there. I'm trying to trade Lucas Niang. Um, former third round pick has never caught on with Kansas City, given an opportunity to start in multiple things. Has played a little left tackle, but mostly a right tackle style guy. I think there's enough GMs in this league that might look back at their previous, you know, eval of him coming out of college and gone, you know what? Maybe we can be the guys that, you know, kind of turn him around, get him on the right path for us. I can see Lucas Niang's value being the highest of those guys. And because of the overall competition here, I'm keeping Prince Tiga Winogo. I think that they need to keep a guy like that. I think he's been clearly their second best left tackle of this organization this year. Wanye Morris just kind of slowly faded into the background as a left tackle as the preseason went along. He's got a lot of work to do there, but he's a really strong right tackle. So can't keep a swing tackle in Wanye Morris. You need another guy that can play left tackle comfortably. That is going to be Prince Tiga Winogo. Yes, I know he's got injury history. That's probably why you can't get trade value for him. Unfortunately, that means I'm cutting Maddie's guy here, um, which means I'm going to lose a game for the first time with with Maddie at the helm. I'm glad thanks. Young Regis isn't here because uh, I don't want to ruin that streak. But um, yeah, unfortunately, he's just the odd man out of that or of that group. I am looking to keep him as a practice squad guy, kind of like they did last year. Um, hopefully, he makes it through waivers again because he has had a good preseason, Craig. That streak is safer than Undertaker's, just so you know. And under, I mean, Undertaker lost us, but it took a while. So didn't he lose? But it took him 25 years to do it. Um, 25 years left? Prince Tigo and Nogo, I, I, I'm lockstep with, I am lockstep with Craig on this. I do agree with him on all this. I will just, like, I will expand a little bit on Prince Tigo and Nogo. I do wonder, I think, and I don't know if we talked about this on air, but, like, Prince Tigo and Nogo is... You know, he his talent was more than where he was drafted coming out of the draft. You know, I think he wanted to be in a six round pick, but a lot of it stemmed from the knee injury. And so I don't know how many teams cleared him prior. You know, that's always a question is like how many teams are actually like you can look at you look at 32 teams. Are our 32 teams gonna be in on him even though they didn't clear him medically just a couple years ago? Like that's one of the questions you have to have with some of this stuff too. And if the they didn't then maybe you feel like you have a better chance of clearing somebody out on on waivers like that but no i think prince tigo and nogo is the most valuable of the three guys that you got you talked about so um that's all i'll add there yeah i i consider trying to like maddie this about because like you said i don't know if all every team would be in on prince if he were to be cut right like i don't know if that's a thing but then i went and remembered he got paid a little bit of money like 1.8 million dollars or something from the chiefs that tells me that there was probably at least one other team that was vying for his services, right? Like, that's not absolutely nothing. So there is probably a team that I think would give him a shot if he was cut, the way he has looked, the type of profile he has at the offensive tackle spot. If there was a good package, if somebody really wanted to give Lucas Yang, like, please trade him, like, make that bring recoup anything you can. I just don't know if I foresee a team wanting to give much for him. So as much as it pains me to say, my guy, big, big, Mike Caliendo, I wonder if you could find one of those late in the season injured interior offensive line teams that need help, and instead of cutting him, 
you trade him off. We saw Parker Anger go. It was granted, it was for a seventh round corner that was going to be cut. But the Chiefs did trade Parker Anger, who was not near as good as Mike Caliendo, for a cornerback that ended ended up being Charvarius Ward. You find a team that's going to cut a backup, a reserve, a depth defensive lineman, defensive end maybe, that you think could help in your rotation for the first six weeks or something, and you guys just do a little player-for-player swap out of guys you were going to cut anyway, I think he might have a little bit more trade value than Lucas Nyang at this point if we're basing it off of play. The NFL doesn't work that way most of the time, but... I would fish around and see. I know teams like, I don't know, the Colts have a rough-looking interior offensive line, and their fans are already preparing to scour the cup, the, you know, the waiver wire. Maybe you call them up and see if they have a defensive lineman they're willing to part with or something for Mike Caliendo, who has been very good in back-to-back preseasons for the Chiefs. Hear me out here. Do you think the 49ers would be willing to trade Charvarius Ward back to the Kansas City Chiefs? <laughs> Just try it again? <laughs> I'm going to try it again. Just be like, hey, it's an interior offensive line. This is so what we know how to do. It yeah, worked so out for Dallas to give yeah. Parker Anger. You'd have to have cap space to make that work. Oh, you stop. We're going to take a break. <laughs> we'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. What's good, everybody? It is Ben Heisler from Benny and the Bets here on KCSN. And if you are ready to go the distance and improve your golf game like I am in the process of doing, I want you to head on over to PXG right here in Kansas City and take the PXG Gen 6 Driver Challenge. They are confident in the Gen 6 that they're putting their money where their mouth is. If their Gen 6 driver does not deliver more distance, more carry and roll, Higher dispersion compared to your current driver when you go in for a fitting, they got you covered with a $100 MasterCard reward card. That's it. Go in for a driver fitting. See if your driver is up to their driver. And if it is, you get a $100 MasterCard reward card in the process. This is an unbelievable opportunity to upgrade your game with a custom fit PXG fitting. I've had it at the Kansas City store with Alex. It was one of the great experiences I've had in a golf fitting period. So take the PXG Gen 6 driver all throughout the month of August and get ready to hit those fairways with confidence. So visit your local Kansas City store or head on over to pxg.com for all the terms and conditions. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Matthew Lane, the floor is yours for the next scenario. What, you're not going to tell people to give us five-star reviews or thank them for listening and ask them to like the show since they're here and tell them how much we appreciate their support and we would love it if they gave us a five-star review regardless of what it said? Okay. Um, I'm in charge again. We are switching over the defensive side of the ball. We are going to the defensive line, specifically the defensive end room. We got BJ Thompson, rookie, very athletic guy. We're all really excited about him. We got Joshua Kando, once the exact same position as BJ Thompson, a rookie that we were all very excited for because of his physical profile. And Malik Herring, who is not quite that, but of the three has shown the most in the NFL. Kent, what are we doing here in terms of keeping, cutting, and trying to trade? I know that there's a little bit of a need for some immediate help along the defensive line, potentially with Chris Jones' absence, but I'm still keeping the upside guy 10 times out of 10. BJ Thompson, I'm keeping you over these other two guys that have been here for longer. I want to see what I want to see things through with BJ Thompson, and I actually think he's shown some stuff in camp that gives me some, or in, uh, in the games, it gives me reason to get excited. I, if this is kind of easy for me, I'm cutting Josh Kando. Um, I don't, 
really like what I've seen out of Josh Kando to this point. And I'm 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 gonna be delicate trying to dunk on a guy too much, but I just I don't think he's processed the game any better than he did when he first got here. I think he gets lost at times. Um, you know, I don't know if he's really grown or advanced any to from where he was, you know, a few years ago when the Chiefs drafted him. Malik Herring, I don't think possesses the same kind of physical traits that uh, that Josh Kando does, but I think I pre- I prefer Malik Herring over Josh Kando if the Chiefs decide to keep one of those two, which I think is a scenario that could happen at the 53-man roster cutdowns. And I like Malik Herring for his consist- consistency a little bit better. I think he's played the run better. I don't think he has you know the upside of a Josh Kando, but I got my up- upside in BJ Thompson. So th- that's the that's the three for me. All right. Who's had the most impact in this preseason of those three? I think it's pretty safe to say that that's that's the guy that can't cut there. Like I think Joshua Kendo has had the most impact. I think it, again, looking back on on this sort of thing, he was an early day three pick. Uh, the Chiefs obviously felt like there was another team that was going to come in there. That's not the point where it's just like, hey, we're taking guys because we don't want to compete with others for UDFA reps. There was another team that liked him. The athletic traits are still there. I think you still see those on the field. Now, it may not be, you know, some of the football things that might be coming along a lot slower. I feel like this preseason, there was a lot more of him showing that athleticism. So I could see a GM saying, hey, yeah, we'll we'll toss, you know, a, a late, late round pick for a guy like that and hoping that you can bank on that athleticism the same way that the Chiefs have kept him around for that very reason. So I'm going to go ahead and trade him. I am going to keep B.J. Thompson. I, I think this team has big plans for him. You know, if you're going to get rid of Joshua Kando, keep the other athlete, keep the other guy that's, you know, got the flexibility, got the athleticism, got the burst. I am going to cut Malik Herring and then sign him back to the roster when I IR somebody else because I don't think that anybody's coming in and trying to snake away Malik Herring. He does have, he is subject to waivers. I think he would go ahead and clear through waivers. I think he's important to this team, though. Like, I really do. And I don't think BJ Thompson makes it through waivers. And that's the only logical reason why I would cut one over the other. I think Malik Herring circles all the way back around. And then not only does he come back to this team, I think that he plays a lot of snaps early on, especially as they're getting those young guys and, you know, kind of used to the power, the physicality of the NFL game. Malik Harry doesn't have any trouble with that. So, yeah, I, he's coming back to the Chiefs, but I'm cutting him initially. But real quick before Maddie jumps in, Craig, who is who of these three do the Chiefs seem to trust the most? Oh, it's Malik Herring. Easily. Yes. Yeah. I, Malik Herring, I, it, like they're going to keep B.J. Thompson and Malik Herring's going to play more than B.J. Thompson, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, well, yeah. And I think I think when it's all said and done, I think B.J. Thompson and Malik Herring get kept, just be, especially if Chris Jones doesn't have a roster spot available or they have to keep Chris Jones off the top. So, Yeah, I mean, I I think you guys are generally right. I think Joshua Kando was this former really good athlete coming out. There might be still a defensive line coach or a scout or Sargia that just thinks they can still work with that. So if you're not willing to trade BJ Thompson, who fits that same mold, just with less tread on the tires, granted, I he, I don't know, age-wise, he might be pretty close. I think he was an older prospect. But you coming out there, like those that guy's the guy you're probably going to trade. Kando might still have somebody willing to trade for him. I don't think Malik Herring is somebody a team to trade for. However, 
lining up this year, there's no doubt in my mind that Malik Herring is the best of these three players to play this entire year. Yeah. And especially when we're looking here, Charles is missing six games. We don't know what Chris Jones is going to give you. That's a, def- a heavy defensive end. That's a guy that rotates into the interior defensive line of pass rushing downs, and that's your starting three tech. But whether he's here or not here, getting in health and shape, Malik Herring kind of covers all those as a backup guy, as a depth guy, so he's kind of important. Like, I really can see an argument for why you want to make sure you can't lose Malik Herring, and I don't think the Chiefs will. I think they'll keep him on their 53-man roster. Um, I, you know, I just want to put him in here for this game in this spot so we could talk about him. I don't think you, I don't think they'll send him to waivers. I think that, I don't think a team would trade for him, but I think he's the kind of guy a team would sign if he was available because he can come eat up snaps if so, in case of injury. So, I, I making the case to keep Malik Herring and cut BJ Thompson and hope another team doesn't want to sign a rookie that didn't showcase a ton in three preseason games. It is a little bit older, coming from a very low level of competition. I wouldn't do it. I don't think the Chiefs will do it, but I just wanted to present a different case because I do think Malik Herring is a little a little underrated, I think, for a far of just eating snaps. Yeah, I, I mean, it, let's be real here. If Malik Herring made it to waivers, the Cardinals, he's probably not making it past the Cardinals. Like again, like I don't know, they, they're not trying to get better this year. I Craig. know, I know, but the, and they play a three four, and they've got two guys that are playing that kind of five technique position, and L.J. Collier and Jonathan Ledbetter. Those aren't like bad guys. That yeah, and Malik Herring played over Ledbetter at Georgia. I was gonna say, but but yeah, Malik Herring deserves one of those spots just as much as the other two guys. Like he's very in that rotation there. I don't think that he makes it past Arizona. And I'm sure there's probably other teams there. I just I, I want to gamble on the on the Tracy pass rusher if I if I got to keep one. Yeah, no, I get it. I just yeah, I wanted to give Malik Herring a little bit of love because and you said you thought Josh Kendo had the biggest impact. I mean, he probably did, but like Malik Herring still played a lot, and I never thought he was bad. I thought he made some plays in the preseason too because he's you know he's an NFL player, and that's what matters. We haven't seen B.J. Thompson be that or Joshua Kendo really be that to this point. Um, next. Final one here is the final one I have. We are going to the secondary. We got Echo Boy Doe, cornerback, versus Deion Bush, safety, versus Khalif Halasi, cornerback. We must keep one. We must try to trade one, and we must cut one. Go, Craig. This one's this one's easy for me. I'm I'm keeping Echo Boy Doe. Um, I I just think that the way that Spagnola wants his outside corners to play. Echo plays that way. Uh, physicality, he's also been rotating in earlier in special teams. Like I, I think that he is just kind of that notch above everybody else as far as that goes. I don't think anybody's trading for Dion Book. Paul, you hope that somebody watched Khalif the Thief play this preseason and went, hey, listen, I, I, I like what he put on, on field. You know, we'll trade maybe a guy that we were looking to cut. Like, I'm not sure that that's even an asset, you know, like a draft asset. I think that's more of a, we were going to cut this guy. You guys were going to cut this guy. Let's just make this swap and try and try and sort this out. And so that leaves me cutting Dion Bush. He's not subject to waivers. They can IR somebody, bring some, bring him back if they need to, for any reason for special teams. I'm sure he's going to stay in the mix a little bit, but him getting supplanted by Shamari Connor as a second team safety think put a little bit of writing on the wall for Dion Bush. I think one thing just about Dion Bush too and just some of these other veterans like we've talked about the path of cutting a veteran and bringing him back on the 53-man roster doesn't even necessarily have to be on the 53-man roster we've seen this team keep guys around that were on the 53 year uh, prior 
and just kept around on the practice squad. See Austin Ryder. They've done this with him before too. So, you know, even if like, even if Blake Bell gets cut, like I could see him sticking around on the practice squad and instead of maybe going and playing up for a vet minimum deal somewhere else. Same with Dion Bush. A couple of these guys, I could see them sticking on the, you know, practice squad knowing that their time is probably going to come sooner rather than later because of, you know, injuries or something like that and actively wanting to be in Kansas City. That happened with Austin Ryder. Um, they were able to keep him around for, you know, for a whole season. I mean, they kept Danny Shelton on a on a on our practice squad for an entire season too. So I uh I don't know. I, I think I, I think De- Dion Bush, he might be back on the fifty three. Maybe he you know, I, I I would guess he gets cut. He'll be back in Kansas City in some capacity, is my guess. Active roster, 53-man roster. Hey, and you can use those call-ups for a couple weeks while you buy time and figure stuff out. And then if you have to get down to a decision sooner rather than later, there you go. Now you have to make a decision there. So it'll be interesting to see if any of those guys wind up on the practice squad for the Chiefs. Yeah, I I think I'm with you guys. I think you kind of have to cut Deion Bush there and hope that you can pull him back. See if somebody that may be like Khalif Halasi as an undrafted free agent and he chose the Chiefs and then played well in the preseason. They want to make a little trade for him. We talked about the interior offensive lineman for a cornerback before. Maybe the Chiefs could be on the other side of that now and pick up, you know, maybe not an interior offensive lineman, but trade this cornerback that showed pretty well that just might not have a spot on the team. I just think Echo Boydo has shown the most for this team out of the other secondary players. They definitely are going to need some corner help. The one thing that I guess gave me a little bit of pause here, and it almost brought me to a DiCaprio Boodle entrance into this, we don't know LeJarius Sneed's health right now. If Sneed is hurt, the team doesn't want to trust Jalen Watson right now. Who else is playing in the slot? That's been DiCaprio Boodle. It hasn't been great, but that's been his role. Or Nick Jones, who we don't know where his health is at right now. Mm-hmm. Who is kind of your backup slot player? Because that hasn't been Echo Boydo. It's essentially been Trent McDuffie and then Chamari Connor. This is assuming LeJarius Sneed is hurt, right? So and Charmari Connor's not covering guys out of the slot when they do that. They're mostly sticking to basic zone stuff and just trying to keep him from having to man up on guys. So do they opt to go with a little bit more versatility? Maybe this is a position they scour other teams' waiver wire pickups for too. Hey, I saw Desmond King guy come already. Listen, the Chiefs <laughs> don't have much space, but you want to find a way to get that guy into Kansas City for a vet minimum. He's a guy I would just have my eye on because he could play in the slot. That is. That's the one area I would have, but Echo Boy does show the most, I think, out of these three here. And I think it's kind of funny that we're talking about maybe adding a waiver wire or adding, you know, a, a free agent to this 53 because we've spent so much time talking about how difficult the decisions are going to be. But in a, it's it's not like you've got different decisions for different positions. When you're building a roster, it's different than I have so much talent, you know, that I just, you know, we're we're trying to collect talent like. There's just there's a lot of there's there's tough choices to be made at positions. So there is a little bit of flexibility a few different places where you're right, depending on the health of a Legere scene or something, maybe you're looking for somebody that can that can man the slot a little bit. So uh I'm with you. It, it, it's gonna be interesting. Uh and I know like, yeah, there's a lot of talent out there for sure. Don't get me wrong. But also like there are some places that this place that this roster could get better from outside help. Yes. No. I agree with that. There's, they don't have a lot of money, but they can make it work. So I just, I'm just going to recap what we went through here. These are our final decisions. This is what we have decided to do for our 53-man roster no. predictions. Okay. We have collectively decided to keep X uh, Hang on. Deion <laughs> Bush and trade Khalif Halasi uh-huh. in the defensive backfield. <laughs> okay. In the defensive line. We have kept B.J. Thompson. 
We have traded Joshua Kando to the Cardinals. Is that what we decided? I don't know. We have cut formerly caring. Um, right. We have <laughs> tried to trade all these guys. One, we are keeping Brent Stigawanogo. We are trading Lucas Niang to the highest of highest bidders. And we are going to go ahead and cut Mike Caliendo. The fourth running back for his fourth tight end spot. We are keeping LaMichael P. Ride, trading to Derek Prince, the ever coveted undrafted free agent rookie running back. And then we are going to cut Matt Bushman. And then finally, the wild card slot. We have kept Danny Shelton over Shane Buchel, who we have also traded to the Cardinals. And we have cut Amir Smith Marset. Those are our final 53 man roster predictions to round out this team. If that gets clipped at all, please go back and, and get the context of the game no, that we were playing don't. there. Joel, don't okay. clip this. Please <laughs> clip it. I want to see this all over socials. Everywhere. You might move. Hey, Joel might want to clip this, though. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200. In bonus bets instantly, anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple years. Uh, life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Boys, we don't have an NFL game to bet on this week, but we do have some season-long props that are available on DraftKings. I like one. I like the Chiefs to win all six divisional games currently at plus 650. Now, here's the thing. I think the Chiefs can undoubtedly do it. The weird little, I don't know, snag in this is the last game of the season is at the Chargers. By far, their most difficult divisional game is the last game of the season. Because the thing, if they're 5-0 and by that point, maybe you hedge a little bit. You, you've got the most difficult task ahead of you, but you've got a nice ticket sitting there with the last game to go. Maybe they're playing the starters. Maybe they're not. Maybe they don't need to because they already have the bias secure. Who knows? You got a little flexibility there. Craig, what do you like? Boy, I like George Karloftis over six and three quarters sacks. That's a plus 120 bet. George Karloftis had five and a half sacks in seven games to close out the year, and he looks better this uh, this offseason. He looks like a guy who's using his hands more. The thing that I like the most, nobody in the division, if Mike McGlinchey's knee sprain is serious, has a right tackle worth a damn. This team could end up playing six games against a right tackle that George Karloftis is frankly just better than. And if he's already taking those steps forward, I love this one. I, you know, He had six sacks last year. I expected with him being a focal point of the defense that this number would be a little bit higher, especially at the end of the year when Chris Jones is probably back on this team. George Karloftis is going to see more one-on-ones. He's going to win more of them, especially against the division. I'm hammering the over on this one. Listen, I get both those. I think they're great bets. Uh, here's the thing, though. The Kansas City Chiefs have one of the greatest players to ever play the game of football, possibly the best player to ever play the game of football. 
if we're talking about future bets, I think you have to lean on that guy. Why would we go anywhere else? So Travis Kelsey, come on down, <laughs> buddy. We're going right to these Travis Kelsey season totals. We are looking at, we're going for two for 95 and a half catches over 1,150 and a half yards over. You want to know why? Since Patrick Mahomes has taken over, he has missed those numbers exactly one season. That was the 2021 year where every defense changed everything they did to stop the Chiefs. What did the Chiefs do? They went out and revamped everything, and Travis Kelsey came out and obliterated those numbers. We think he's reverting this year? Really? One of the best players, the best tight end to ever play this game? No. Ride your bets with Travis Kelsey this year. He is going over on everything they have to offer. So does that mean... Does that mean you're going 48 and 100 uh, or over uh, 4,800 uh, and a half passing yards for Patrick Mahomes and over 36 and a half touchdowns in the air as well? Sure. Why not? <laughs> Ride the hot hand, baby. Well, I mean, if Travis Kelsey's eating all those up, you might as well take those too. Those are all bets that you can get at DraftKings. Make sure to check those out. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all so much for hanging out and listening. Uh, It's been a lot of fun today. It's a big week here at KCSN. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you later. Get those Cardinals on the phone. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.